Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Born to Talk Radio Show. I'm your host, Marsha Witeka. Conversations plus connections equals community. Those are my three C's. The heart of my show is what's your story? It's my belief we all have stories. Some are similar, others are uniquely different. Storytelling brings the passions of my guests to life through our conversations. So be prepared to be entertained, informed, and inspired. Welcome to today's show. Hello, everybody, and happy Monday to you wherever you might be. My guest today is Murphy Witherspoon. He is the Director of Recruitment at the Polk Institute. Welcome to the podcast, Murphy. Thank you for having me, Marcia. It's a splendid opportunity for me to share with you and your audience. You bet. So let's, let's, let's figure out who Murphy is. So I thought maybe you could just spend a moment or two just telling us about yourself so we have an idea of who Murphy Witherspoon is. Well, Marcia, thank you for asking. That is such a vast question. I'll try and give a snapshot. I am a manufacturing right. professional. I am a manufacturing professional who has many years in the manufacturing arena with a management understanding. I've also ran workshops to help organizations to improve their operations. I've helped individuals to enhance their communication skills as well as their leadership skills. And I have one of those drives that allows me to achieve things in a timely fashion. Hopefully that's a snapshot as to who Murphy Witherspoon might be all about. Wow. Well, yeah, it, it does. Where, where did you go to college? I went to Long Beach State University, and uh-huh. that's where I obtained the Bachelor of Science with a manufacturing background slash management background, uh, preparing me for the manufacturing arena with an understanding of how to lead teams, lead teams in a professional way and allow them to to obtain what is necessary to obtain the company's goals. Got it. Interesting. Well, I know we're going to spend some time talking about Polk. In fact, I've had them as a guest on my show. I've had Gary Polk on my show a couple of years ago, but that was quite some time ago. I know that you're the director of recruitment for them. So for those people that have never heard of Polk, and I might just also spell this for people as you're listening, if you would like to visit their website, it's Polk, P-O-L-K, institute.org. So what, what is the Polk Institute? What is that? Polk Institute is what I would call a very unique opportunity for individuals who are looking at creating a business or already have a business, and they want to enhance either level, meaning they want to get started and give them the tools to get started, started meaning to create a business. And for those that are already in business, want to elevate themselves it gives them an opportunity also. It is an online platform of professionals who understand their particular subject matter so well that probably they can wake up in the middle of the night and give mm-hmm. a one-hour glimpse 
of what it is that they know so well to those that might be listening in the middle of the night. That is what Folk Institute is all about. Wow. And it looks like you have um, applications now for November. Is that what they would find when they go to the website? Yes, they will find an application there that will ask for some information from them so that Polk Institute can get back with them about what are, what are their desires. Uh, are they in business today? If not, then do they expect to be in business when? Would that be six months, 12 months, 18 months down the road? Do they want to become a fundable CEO? Or do they just want to become a mom and pop? Those sorts of questions get answered there, and we will ask those questions again at a interview. How long does the course last? So depending, depending on where it is that those entrepreneurs want to go, currently we're looking at a 24-month period, uh, but that can okay. get scaled back. Uh, mm-hmm. The object is for most entrepreneurs is to reach their market as quickly as they can. Mm-hmm. And then if that is not the case, then maybe they want to become that fundable CEO where they're in front of angel investors, VC investors, uh, looking for the bigger monies and poke shares a step, steps, if you will, that allows the individuals to step through certain subjects. And in the end, if the goal is to be that fundable CEO, is to put them in front of those that are investors. Got it. That makes sense. So how long have you been with them? Oh, yeah, you weren't expecting that question, were you? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I didn't uh, mean to throw it. No. Uh, uh, I mean, has it been years? That's, has it been months? <laughs> no, I know it's not that, been months. That's a very easy question to ask now that I think about it. Yeah, <laughs> I've yeah. been with them for three years. I got started with okay. Polk Institute simply because it, uh, meeting Polk and understanding what he was going to do I shared with him that every business needs to understand their operations differently than what their understanding might be coming out of schools, and that would include mm-hmm. the universities, college levels, or maybe just coming out of high school. Operations is the key to allowing that, that entrepreneurship organization to evolve in a special way to be effective in capturing their market and at the same mm-hmm. time allowing those who are part of it to win. And to win, all I mean is that everybody comes into the organization gaining what it is that they have a need to gain. And the company itself is there to nurture the community, uh, provide uh, a place for those that that need a place of employment or mm-hmm. they are wanting to learn basic fundamental skills. Uh, 
they're always look for jobs at one point in time and looking for those jobs at one point in time. We don't know what it is we really want to do. So we get involved right. with an organization. Mm-hmm. And from that, right. we say to ourselves whether or not that's a direction or no, that is not a direction. But also, from a green perspective, that company, are they taking mindful note of their impact on Mother Earth? There's only one of them, as far as we know, at this point in time. And people elevating and being nursed on an educational level as well as a personal level. Mm -hmm. I mean, personal and professional kind of go together to a point. Yes, it does. So it's... It sounds like this is a very winning organization for you. What does what does um, the Polk Institute mean to you personally? Oh, very deep question, Marcia. Yeah, we've got time. What I would like what I would like to say is that it gives me a place to give back. Uh, there's things that I've learned along the way that I believe can enhance uh, Polk as an organization as well as enhance those individuals that pass through Polk. And what we, or what I personally have understood is that if I can learn something on on the professional side of life, and can apply it on a personal side of life, that's a win-win, in mm-hmm. my opinion. And so, for, for example, in life, when we, when life, in life there is this creation of mankind. And man has came, come together as a group and that group generates conflict. It generates conflict simply because everybody has their own experiences. They have their own personalities, their own leadership traits. And how those come together, especially when others are involved, can create conflict. But conflict is not a bad thing. In fact, conflict on a very minute level Maybe unfelt, unseen, on a grander level, it can hurt, draw tears, draw disgust. But through it all, we have the things that we have today. Think about mm-hmm. how far mankind has come along. Agreed. That's what I, I believe Polk allows me the opportunity to do is that they can, these entrepreneurs, can win through that avenue of Polk Institute and win at a multitude of levels because a lot of the workshop leaders have uniqueness in each and every subject that they teach. And the ones that I have been a part of, I'm talking about those workshop leaders at Polk Institute, they mimic likewise what I just shared with you. Hmm. That's terrific. How did how did you meet Gary Polk? There must be a story there. <laughs> <laughs> What's your story uh, about that, right? 
I, I see. I love that. I mean, I, you know, that's that could be the somebody could say to me, "How did I meet you?" But this is about you today. So how? So tell. So how did you meet uh, Mr. Polk? Yeah, I believe in talking to everyone and anyone. Yeah. Me too. And I, I recall. <laughs> I recall. I was part of an organization that uh, helped professionals to move in to a new professional role or maybe seek out the old role that they were separated from. And there was one individual that was, uh, he shared job and entrepreneurship. And I could see that I needed to talk to him because I had somewhat of the same belief that you, everyone comes to a fork in the road. This particular fork mm-hmm. in the road had to do, well, do I go back into the job force or do I travel down that entrepreneurial direction? And I wanted to find out more about this individual. And in our breakfast one morning, he shared with me his background, which I thought was just absolutely splendid. And we won't go into that now, but he brought up Gary Polk's name. And he said he knew somebody that was talking entrepreneurship on an incubator level, and it was over at Dominguez. And so I asked him to send me that information, and he in fact did. So I had Gary Polk to come out and speak with this group that I was a part of to help them to have a different perspective on where they were at. See, their perspective mm-hmm. now, meaning then, it was that they had a decision to make. Do they want to travel back into the workforce, or do they want to travel out on their own and be able to cut the lights on and off? <laughs> yeah, that's, so a, that's a big decision. And, you know, uh, everybody brings their own story to the table as far as their education, perhaps their family life. You know, there, there's just so much that goes into this. And I think that's one of the really outstanding things about the Polk Institute is that there's something for everybody here. And I, I really do encourage people to visit your website because maybe you're not the one that would be interested in going to Polk personally, but maybe your son or daughter or brother or sister would be the perfect fit. And that's the beauty of conversation. Just like you say, you like to talk to people, and of course I do as well, because you never know, and and I'm sure you would agree with me on this, Murphy, you never know where a simple conversation can lead you if your ears and your mind are wide open for that. And I think that that's that's so important. And every industry has its own um, glossary of terms. What what means what, what word means to you and your business might mean something a little I mean an accelerator to somebody that loves cars is thinking about something inside their vehicle. So, you know, it it, it means right? I'm I'm right. And and so you people oh, I don't mean to be funny. Well, yes, I do. Of course I do. Oh, I lied. But um, you know, I think that that's I think it's really interesting um 
when there's so many opportunities and with technology today to think, wait a minute, now are you telling me I'm going to be using my computer to do this? Wow, that's pretty cool. So, I mean, I think that there's a lot of really interesting things that are um, that are the opportunities that are there. And I'm just curious, based in your, on your three years, um, what has Polk taught you on a personal level? On a personal level. It mm-hmm. is about giving back. Okay. Giving back with, with the, what we call the three P's, people, planet, profit. Yes. And this giving back is how do you handle, how do you elevate people to a different level? You could be in an environment of where, hey, all you talk about is making money day in and day out. But who mm-hmm. makes the money? Money doesn't make itself. People. Right. People are involved right. some way, somehow. And then mm-hmm. for our concern for the planet, hey, we only got one home. Now, most people think, well, <laughs> you know, in the morning I'm going to wake up, I'm going to be at home. In the morning when I travel to plant myself back at that location which I left this morning is going to be at home. But I'm talking mm-hmm. about the bigger home. I'm talking about the planet. And if we right. suddenly are without it, where are we? So mm-hmm. we have to be concerned about the planet. And there's organizations every day that are concerned about the planet. And they may show that concern indirectly, but they are concerned. And then there is profit. Well, the object about going into business is to have that business to pay for itself. And then mm-hmm. pay for in itself means it has to pay for the employees that are willing to spend their time there. And then all of the equipment that is necessary. So I, what Polk has taught me it's about giving back with the three P's in mind because I picked mm-hmm. up the three P's before I became aware of the three P's. Interesting. And it, it was hidden where I saw it. We have to be mindful of the things that we do. You know the one thing that, that hurts, hurts me, Marsha? What's that? And I'll give this example. I was in a parking lot down at the beach going for a run. And I was just so happy to take in a car that was in my direction. It was parked in front of me, but I was looking over the car. And I saw an arm come out of the car and toss some paper onto the ground. No. Now, now most will not, they will say, Murphy, what's the big deal? We got somebody to pick it up. And I have to say, yes, we're very creative about creating jobs, but at the same time, does that really show an appreciation for what for what right. has been put in front of us to take advantage of in a very positive way? Yeah. So, so what'd you do? I already know. What'd you do? I just, I just smiled. I thought. Okay. And I said, I just need to be better about mm-hmm. explaining some of the things I explained. Because you never know where it will travel. Mm-hmm. That's you true. Never know. You, you don't. Hurtful, 
whether it's her fault yeah. or it's mm-hmm. not. Right. So I have. Um, yeah. It's it's we we're living in really interesting times. Um, I I find that I'm really outside. I try to not spend every moment of the day in front of my computer. So I have one of those Apple watches that tells me to stand up. It's like, oh yeah, I've been sitting for how long, you know? And let's go get let's go get some exercise in. And I, I actually, Murphy, I actually have a note, truly, on my on my front door as I'm walking out that says, "Did you bring your water? And are you wearing a hat?" Seriously, because well, but, you know, it. because because that's another way of just measuring your success. One time. I didn't pay attention. It, in fact, it happened yesterday, I think. It might have even been today. I can't remember now. And I, I was driving to a place where I wanted to actually have this walk, and I thought, where's your water? Duh. So I said, well, you could keep going, or come on now, turn around and go back home and go grab your water, which is exactly what I did. And, you know, so it's very interesting how we all conduct our own lives and and what um, works for us maybe doesn't work for the next guy. Whatever reminders we want to make for ourselves, but at the end of the day, and I love that that sentence at the end of the day. Um, the only person that we'll, that we are looking at in the mirror when we are looking in the mirror is ourselves. That's who we are seeing. And so, do you like that person? And how how do you advise that person? And I, I, I do that, and maybe other people don't, um, but I think that it's just, it, it starts with us. And so based on what I was just saying, which really, I mean, I'm just adding my two cents here, I'd like to know from you, what would be your advice to entrepreneurs uh, never quit. Never, 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 quit. never mm-hmm. quit. Never, never quit. Because if you quit, you never get there. Right. You never. If you quit, you will never get there. And be positive about your direction. Being positive, did you think it through? Does it does it provide benefit for all? You know, the magical word there is all. Does it impact everyone? Because your employees are the key to your success. And how to handle those individuals will be key also. Do your customer, do your customer feel as though that they're being taken care of? You could be a sole a sole organization, which means nothing more than it has to be purchased from you. Well, okay, you got to lock on the market, but if your customer doesn't think they're being satisfied, they will encourage other directions. Mm-hmm. They will encourage other companies to come on board. They will encourage other entrepreneurs to look at that particular industry or service or Mm -hmm. product. 
being understanding that servicing my customers, servicing your employees, do you have the highest quality possibly that can be had? And I have to put a caveat around that because you sure. give the customer more than what they want, then mm-hmm. that's no good. But giving the customer really? what they want is key. Oh. And they may wow. not need all the bells and whistles. They just may need what it is that they desire. And your input into that is asking great questions. I tell all the entrepreneurs, I say one of the most powerful tools that you can have is asking questions. And as my mentor shared with me, (laughs) he said, Murray, Murray, you got to ask some smart questions. Oh, come on now. Oh, that's, absolutely. that's not nice. <laughs> oh. Well, would absolute. you just Well, so would you describe your leadership how how I I sense that I would know this, but how would you if you're looking in the mirror or let's not put you in the mirror. Let's put you on the stage. Let's <laughs> say you're you're talking um on a stage at a university um or a business. How how would you describe your leadership style? Mm. Let me take you back a few years. Please. I happen to be I happen to be in the midst of I thought with some brilliant minds. And the only name that I can remember from that time, that moment in time, was Bert Leon. Bert Leon was six five, muscular, two ten individual, had a New York accent. I just liked the way he operated. You know, he he operated with dignity, class, and and a spirit of humbleness towards those that was in front of him. But I happened to be with Berg one day, and I was introduced to an individual. I can't think of his name today, but all I know is he was with Laurie's, the food company, mm-hmm. on their mahogany road. And he was talking about creating this business and was two facets to this business. And we talked and talked, and, you know, this lunchtime period got rather long. So he said, hey, Murphy, hey, what? Why don't you come by the house and let's talk some more? So I said, okay, sound like a plan. So we ended up at his place, and he says, I want you to take this test. Now, today, I don't know what that test was. All I know, according to him, it was something modified out of a personality, leadership, Myers-Briggs test. Okay. And when he was done, he looked over at me and he said, I want you to run this leg of my company. And you know what, Marsha? That set me back. You weren't expecting that? No, I wasn't expecting that. And up until recently, and I want to say a few months back, only did I know truly why he asked me. Because I took a I took a leadership style test, and it said, 
Hey, Murphy. Now, this is, this is a test talking to me. You know, he's dumping up off the table, two legs, uh-huh. arms swinging, and sharing with Murphy. You are authoritative. I said, I don't feel like I'm authoritative. He said, you're authoritative and you're diplomatic. Mm. And I said, how do those come together? And right. I said, you are a pace setter. Now, why did I name those three? Because there was about eight of these leadership styles that were there for the picking based upon how I went through and answered these leadership questions. But those three were all within a few points of one another. Hmm. And then I thought back, and this was most recent, in fact, where I gave a presentation on leadership style. <laughs> and I and I and I shared me leading a group to success. One of the individuals that was in my group walked up to me and says, "Murphy, this is not going to work." And he was adamant about it. Oh, he was strongly adamant about it. I could I I could sense that that authoritative push that he was having. Hmm. And so we, we got into this discussion, and it was really short with, uh, with me allowing him to do the talking. Why? Somehow I learned that because authoritative people, sometimes they have a hard time in listening. And I said to him when he was all said and done, follow me, follow me. I looked him directly into his eye and I said, follow me. That was authoritative. That Hmm. same group, I went to and I said, after, and this is after the explanation of why we were there, how much time we had, what kind of budget Mm -hmm. we had in place. And I asked the group, hey, do you have an idea how are we going to solve this problem? And they respond. There's the diplomat. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, Marcia. Absolutely. I'm hearing it. Absolutely. I'm hearing it. Absolutely. Of <laughs> I love and it. I preface I'm, I'm it. listening. I preface. <laughs> and oh, I just man. preface it. I, I, I wrap it up by saying this. This is our due date. These are our milestones to get us there. We have to hit them. And do we hit them? Absolutely. I loved every bit of it. I loved it, loved it, loved it. And the individual that said, Murphy, I don't think this is going to work, walked up to me. I didn't think it was going to work, but I see that it Mm. did work. Oh, I love that. Good for him. Those moments are are so impactful. And, I, yes. and what I try and do with Polk Institute is create those kinds of opportunities within the workshop that I tend to train, usually around July. And mm-hmm. when I interview and recruit, I try and create that same kind of environment to get a sense of who's in front of me. 
it's it's a and it's not to categorize people people from all walks of life. The makeup, I think there's 375 million Americans that Americans U.S. citizens, but globally, I don't know what that number is. Yeah, that how many leadership styles you have, each one having their own uniqueness on this mm-hmm. globe. They can only fit into that puzzle. And if you ever operated in putting a puzzle together, you know there's only one piece that will fit that one part. Perfectly, yes. You, that's right. Mm. So I, I, it is absolutely amazing what we can do. We need to begin to understand. Understand what? That's what is what I try and bring into the Polk Institute. That's mm-hmm. what is, is what I try and allow those to be a part of Polk to go out and share. Those are the entrepreneurs to go out and share, uh, captivate that uniqueness that they have, blended mm-hmm. with some new understanding. You know, the other day I, I was uh, Alton T. Alton is one of the mentors. I think highly of Alton. Alton was was commenting on a comment that one of the entrepreneurs made, and he says, two sides to that coin. Two sides mm-hmm. to the coin. We all can relate to that. Two sides mm-hmm. to that coin. Either they could have squeezed him out and squeezing him out, the impact that was seen today would exist. But the fact that he squeezed them out, the impact yeah. that's seen today is being seen. And the mm. story wrapped around that was the movie, The Founders, the McDonald's mm. story, the McDonald's oh. brothers, Ray Kroc. And if you've never seen that, and hopefully your listeners uh, pull that movie up and take a look. I think it shares yeah. a an aspect of life that is just fantastic. The, the mm-hmm. people side, the operation side, this business side, this, this opportunity to be open, open to receive. You know how sometimes we're so closed-minded? You notice I use right. the word we. So that's not to excuse <laughs> me. Yeah, <laughs> you're funny. Yeah, you're funny. <laughs> I, you know, but, you, but, you're, but you're right about what you're saying. Um, it, it really is a mindset, and I, I think that that's, that's the point that you're making. And um, when it's adjusted properly for your fit, then you're going to have more of an opportunity for success. And I'm just wondering, um, to just kind of take you to another subject, uh, why did you personally become the manager of 40-plus 40, 40 employees? I was just- Challenge myself. Challenge it's a myself. Challenge why didn't I think? Right. Yeah, challenge myself. Well, why did Why did I have to challenge myself? You know, it seemed like all of my professional career, uh, individuals was pointing me in that direction, and mm-hmm. I would pull back. And now I think I understand why. And so I said, this particular. In this particular case, there was me providing some contracts 
services to an organization. So one day I walked up to the the HR manager, director, and asked, are you hiring? And what are you hiring for? And he said, we're looking for somebody to handle these 40 and plus, 40 plus people or 40 plus mm-hmm. departments. And basically the department was the entire company except for certain areas that had to do with the office administration area. And he said, sure. I said, well, do you think I can slide my resume in there? You take a look at it. And he said, yeah. And so they took a look at it, and then they called me in for an interview. And I went in there with everything that I knew up to that point in time and shared with them that I could handle their needs. Hmm. And, yes, I handled their needs to the degree that they had seen the things that a Murphy Witherspoon could offer. And I don't think they really know today what Murphy Witherspoon offered during that time period. And I, I took it and elevated that, which I was responsible for, to a new level. The things I said here about about people, yes, I share it there. Things that I share about taking your your operational processes and elevating it, I share with them. At the same time, I think that's terrific. Uh huh. That is a win, win, win. Correct. All three. Three, absolutely, mm-hmm. Marshall. Mm-hmm. I think Thank that's you for great. That question. You're welcome. And, and you know, here's something else that I think is really interesting about you because, you know, I, I want to be straight with with our listeners. I don't just suddenly have these guests on my show without setting up a rapport and getting to know them. And you know, because as I tell people, I don't interview. I, I have conversations plus connections equals community. And I know that one of the communities mm-hmm. that we share together, and maybe we'll get to that, is Toastmasters. But what I wanted to ask you about is, um, what is a how does a master black belt? You're a master black belt, but I have I always thought that that was something that had to do with karate or jujitsu or some kind <laughs> of something like that. What is how does master black belt that you that that you that you own? That's your title. What does that mean? How is that applied in the business world? Yeah, I mean, it's about that name. I think his name was Chuck Norris. Chuck Uh, Norris, right. I can see him kicking his leg up in the air. Right. Yeah, going right through that wall, right? That's right. I love to do that, kick through walls. (laughs) You're kidding me, right? Most of them were were imaginary walls. (laughs) Okay, I was going to say, come on now. That's so funny. Oh, you're funny. So, you, you know, it's too bad you don't have a sense of humor. Um, so, you know, so how does Master Black Belt, sir, um, play a part in your industry? I don't understand how that works. And and it it derived itself out of, I think I'm right in sharing this, it derived itself out of the Toyota world. And if we all understand cars, the word Toyota should mean a lot. 
that Toyota began to take on on the automobile industry in a unique way. And that unique way has allowed them to gain number one position in the world in terms of producing cars. The technique that led them to become successful is what we, and I use we in terms of those that are here in the United States, term as mean and Six Sigma. So this Will you repeat lean, what that is again? What, what, what are those two lean, terms? I, I didn't lean, like L-E-A-N? That's correct. L-E-A-N. Okay. Lean and Six Sigma. And both of those terms put together, someone can qualify as being a master black belt. In the world oh. of Danaher, in which I learned all this from, is that they created mean masters and they also mm. created Six Sigma masters, meaning that they understand those two knowledge areas so well and to apply them in such a way that the organization yielded from it to become greater operational, successful organizations. In other words, in other words, they elevated the amount of monies they saved. They elevated the amount of money that they could acquire by going to the market with a different mindset and capturing a certain spot in the marketplace. In other words, if I just look at lean, I put it on a very simple term, how, how can I eliminate the waste out of what it is that I do? And then if I look at Six Sigma, it is what is troubling my processes that I cannot see? Hmm. And bring and and constantly attacking those areas allows the company to get rid of those things that a organization don't want to pay for. If I can give a clear example, please. If if I'm if I am, this is a really clear example. If I make a product and I make it in City A and the customer's over in City B and I use transportation to get it there, is that something that City B and where that company resides, do they want to pay for that? Mm-hmm. It provides no value to the product. They don't mind right. paying for the product, but they do they want to pay for its transportation? Wow. In my way of thinking, it is no. But do you really? Is it necessary? Okay. Yeah. Is it necessary? Okay. Yeah, because of the way they they are structured, the way the mm-hmm. way the system is structured. But if I had Company A next door to Company B, they were next door like neighbors. Mm-hmm. They were like neighbors, meaning. You're in house B, next door is house C. Well, 
Okay. I could just hand off what it is that mm-hmm. I provided for them instead of putting it on a truck and everything associated with with that shipment is cost. Somebody's got to pay for it. Right. But, but but this is but this is where most will not break that mindset. And see, this is something that we we share at Polk Institute is breaking the mindset. You you got and the only way to break the mindset is you got to question not only you, but you got to ask smart questions of your customers. Right. You really you need to know your back. customer, don't you? Oh, Marcia, you really, yeah, absolutely. You, I mean, you really do need to know your customer well, and um, because they're more likely to do business with you. And and I and I that I think that makes total sense, frankly. And let me ask you something else because we talked about mentorship a little earlier, and I'm just wondering, did you have a mentor? Do, do you do you have a mentor, or did you have a mentor that sort of helped you on your road to success? I'm always looking for mentors. Sometimes they just come and go, but I can see mm-hmm. the two names that I consider my mentors. Uh, yes. One is Norm Lieberman. Norm Lieberman just totally surprised me out of left field. Norm is a person that he's the one that shared with me. Murphy, you got to ask smart questions. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> it caught me off guard. Do you remember my authoritative look? Yeah. Oh, that's authoritative, but I got this. I learned somewhere to humble. Right. that I can receive. And he said, Murphy, you've got to ask smart questions. So what is the smart question? The smart question is it causes the other person to think. Not downgrading people, but to get them to think, to question in such a way that drives a point. Mm-hmm. And that's important. That is very important. So Norm Lieberman. I can throw that name out there. Well, i got to tell you right now, I'm just changing the subject entirely by telling you that I need to find out if I'm related to him because (laughs) my Uncle Harvey Lieberman was married to my Auntie Reva, and I'm going to have to find out if this Mr. Lieberman is somehow related to me. But that's a side note because wouldn't that be ironic? So um, so you, you mentioned Norm Lieberman. And was there somebody else that also played a huge, huge role in your mentorship, or was he the main man for you? No, Joe Love was the other one. Joseph Love. Oh, Joe Love. Okay. Yes, yeah, that's that's an unusual combination of names, but it is. But I like that. I mean, I think that's that's really that's really cool. And I, you know, I, my husband, bless his heart. He had a few things that he always said. One of them was, it is what it is, and that's he was an engineer. That's how engineers think. I, on the other hand, have a favorite, favorite thing that I always say, which is, and I think people can relate to this, you don't know what you don't know. And whether mm-hmm. it's technology or whatever that field might be, business, you know, that's how we learn. And if you don't ask questions, you're never going to learn that. So 
when you look back at, at what you've done in your life, what would you say um, are your accomplishments so far? And that's kind of a hard one to answer, isn't it? It is. And I think I came up with probably some unique categories. All right. One is that this master black belt that I obtained was definitely mm-hmm. one. Uh, mm-hmm. I can... Uh, the uh, the accomplishments that I had in 1990 and 1991, uh, mm-hmm. winning two Criterium championships. So 90-91 was to say they were back-to-back. That I did obtain a Bachelor of Science degree in what was called industrial technology, but basically manufacturing slash management, raising, elevating, elevating not only elevating the team to a fourth status in the world. Numerous projects that I've actually pulled together uh-huh. and created the success that was deemed to make those uh, those success those projects uh, accomplishing what their intent was without mm-hmm. failure. And I think my greater outlook is all things are possible. All Mm -hmm. things are possible. You know, that phrase that it is what it is. I'm always careful of using that because I feel as though it gives away your power and you want to hold on to your power. Hmm. Interesting. You know, it's funny, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I just have to tell you, when he would say something like it is what it is, my personality mm-hmm. put a comma after that. And I said, yeah, but. And his response to that was, it is what it is, adapt. And that's what he did as a successful engineer. It is what it is, and you adapt to the circumstances. That's how he conducted his life. That doesn't mean some yeah. the next person is going to do it the same way. But it is interesting, yeah. you know, engineers, and, and you know this, they are certainly a breed, and um, and they have a mindset. <laughs> well, they're very right-brained, and that's what he was. So, you know, he, mm-hmm. he was the rock, and I was the mouthpiece. It was a good combination, I must tell you. Um, but when you're solid like that, that that does kind of describe that that behavior. And you haven't mentioned your daughter, but I know that you and I spoke um, briefly ahead of time about what it means to you to be her dad. Did you want to share a little bit about that? Oh, absolutely do. Uh, did I forget her? No, I couldn't have forgotten her. We, well, you haven't forgotten her, her, but you haven't spoke about her. I uh, wanted to give you an opportunity to say something about her. She, she is one of the greatest success stories. Uh, I remember her 
you know, you place your you you place your hands. Uh, you, since I'm right-handed, I Me place too. my left hand in a vertical position, and okay. then I lay my right hand on top of it in the shape right. of a T. Uh-huh. And she did that to me one one daddy daughter night. This is when <laughs> we had this weekly occasion to get together. And uh-huh. she said, "Time out, time out." And I said, "What's up, baby girl?" She said, "Why? No, why must we go down that road again?" And it was something <laughs> I was sharing, and. What is the mother of education? Repetition. And so I was just may have been repeating myself, but I see where some of that has been carried forward by her. Mm-hmm. And so what nice? I'm seeing is a, a, a an individual that is forming into this very unique individual. Mm. Uh, she has the this gift of art. Uh, she learns that help one of her patients back to life. I mean, back to life to the point that that patient wrote out a handwritten note and personally delivered it and wanted to place it in her hand but left it with her immediate supervisor, manager. Hmm. That heart and how she sees helping people and then how she sees in helping everyone, but not at a detriment in terms of helping herself. So she's seeing. So is she, a, is she a nurse? Win, Mercy, win. What, what is? Is she yes. a nurse? Okay. Yes, she is a nurse. Seems to be a supervisor. But All right. Uh, I it's that 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 heart that she has, that drive that I see starting to build momentum. And it's very, when I spoke of that puzzle, that piece yes. that fits in the puzzle, yes. I just see where she, that person that fits that worldly puzzle that nobody can share but her. That's and great. So I, I share that, yes, I did all that sharing with her. Yes. Some of it I've forgotten what I shared with you. <laughs> That's okay. But, but I have to say all of it was on the positive side in life. And this wow. is to give her a jump start in mm-hmm. life to be much Lovely. further ahead than daddy at wow. that same point in time. You so know, Murphy, I tell, I tell people this often, and that is, you know, we learn – things from our parents. If you live in a home where you've got your mom and your dad and you grew up in that kind of a household, which I did, you know, what I tell young men today is that if you have a daughter, young man, she learns how to be a female from you, not your wife. She's watching Mm -hmm. how you teach your wife. She's watching you and how you treat your wife and people, you know, in the family, she is observing that, and she learns that from you. And I, I, think, that I, I think that if you were to um, take a survey of, of women and say, 
what did you learn from your mom and what did you learn from your dad? They would be two different things. And um, I think that your daughter's success, um, I mean, she, she owns it. But I'm not saying what I'm suggesting is that you were um, in, in, the, in the pit of helping her get to where she is right now. And I think that that's it's just it's fabulous. And I'm sure she is so grateful for you to be her father. I'm, I'm, I'm certain of that. And with these last few moments, because you and I could really talk for a long time, we'd even talk about Toastmasters and the fact that we're, um, you know, that you are in Toastmasters, I'm in Toastmasters. We have a mutual friend that happens to be a nurse who I met in my Toastmasters <laughs> club that you know, and, and that's Mona Clayton. She's, I mean, mm-hmm. Mona, I mean, that's just another whole story with Mona. But I'd like to know in these last few moments, What's up next for you? What what do you see coming up next for you? Interesting. What I what I would like to see is that I help raise awareness of poking to mm-hmm. to a level of of self generating itself and that everyone that passes through while I'm there achieve a different level of where they are at, that will take care of me giving back. And then me on a personal level, I would love to see that Murphy and all of what he thinks he knows, (laughs) that he discover something on top of that. And I'm always looking for that something on top of that. Mm-hmm. And my my ability to uh, I won't acquire I will not acquire another uh, criterium criterium championship. That's nothing more than a, a unique bicycle race. But I know I won't do that from this point on. But maintain my physical being such that it supports this massive knowledge base that I seem to be gaining on a, on an effort on every day that passes this way. Yeah. So those are two things that I would like to accomplish. I can see why you would. And, um, you know, I think that I mean, I know you're um, a runner. I mean, I don't know if you've ever done a marathon, but, you know, um, I, I, the, I mean, the sky, you know how they say that term, the sky is the limit? I, I think that that applies to you. I think that whatever you have in store for you, for Murphy, is available to you if you want to take a serving off of that plate. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing I know that I left out, is What's this that? unique business business opportunity? I don't know what it is. I know I just I keep thinking there is a out of the business opportunities that I've ventured into, none of them were quite satisfying. But each one has lent itself to me mm-hmm. understanding business to a greater extent, and especially yeah. on on the people side. 
And that was one of the things I I just, I can't say enough about Danaher in teaching me that people drive companies. And Norm Lieberman always shared with me the problem with companies is that people drive them. <laughs> and so, <laughs> kind of like that Toyota. That is, oh my God! Yeah, oh, that's absolutely. Funny. I drive a Toyota so is, just just because <laughs> I just thought I'd throw that out there. Oh my God, it's so funny. Um, you know, you are an interesting man with an interesting life, and I just want to thank you for sharing a bit of that with our listeners today, because clearly. Uh, you and I could talk for several more hours together, but I don't want to hold you up from that. I want to respect your time and hold this to our two-hour conversation, which just absolutely flew by. And thank you. Thank you, Murphy, for for being my guest today and sharing your story with, with, our, with our listeners. It's been wonderful. And thank you for having me, Marsha. And if your guest would like to reach out to me, Reach out to me through polkinstitute.org. Yep. I'd be more than happy to share with you. I, and, you know, I will include that in my blog so that people can reach out to you and, um, and ask some direct questions. And I think that that would be lovely because I know that you would like to do that. So for now, I'm going to let you go on with your day, and I will do the same. So thank you once again, and maybe we'll do this again next year and see where where you've been. So, you know, I'm always interested in seeing how my guests continue. And and I just want to once again say thank you so very much for joining me today. Thank you. Okay, everybody. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye for now. <laughs>